Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Joe. Joe McCall here with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here on this episode today. We're going to be talking about business credit. And a lot of you guys need funding for your deals. And it could be land deals or house deals, commercial deals, multifamilies. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter actually what kind of business you're in. But I've got a good friend on the show today. His name is Joe Lawrence. And we're going to be talking about a workshop that he does every two weeks where he teaches people how to get business credit. Now, it could be lines of credit. It could be business credit cards. It's, it's a bunch of different things. It's a big topic. And it's an important topic that I think a lot of people need to hear about. And I've always said, it's important to dig your well before you're thirsty, right? Because when you need the money, that's the worst time to start finding it and going to ask for it because you become a desperate, motivated investor that needs the capital, right? So it's much better to have your well dug and access to the funding before you need it. So now is an important time to start thinking about this stuff. And I met Joe a few months ago at a mastermind workshop event thing that I was at, became friends. I actually created some special modules with him for my students in the land investing course. So we're going to be talking to him today about what it is that he does, how you can get more information, how you can get some, uh, just get some real practical things right here from this podcast as we go into that. All right. So first, this podcast is brought to you by my new book, Simple Land Flips, How to Make 10K in 10 Hours. How to Make 10K in 10 Hours? What? 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 Yeah. It's my land investing strategy, and it's the simplest, fastest, easiest way to make money in real estate today. And I'm not just saying that because I've done all kinds of deals. I've done almost every kind of deal you can do, houses and for vacant land. And I have found right now for vacant land, it's the easiest. It's a business that I've done with my kids. And it's a great way to get fast cash and streams of cash. So if you're interested, you can get the book for free right now if you go to simplelandclass.com, simplelandclass.com. If you register, that's a page where you go and you register for a webinar. When you watch that webinar at the very end, I'll give you a link to get this book as a PDF for free. It's a legit book. So get it for free, no strings attached, except, well, there is a string attached. You gotta go to simplelandclass.com watch my webinar. I do this webinar twice a day. It is pre-recorded. I do it twice a day and get it on your calendar. Watch the class. I promise you'll learn a lot from it. And then at the end of the webinar, I'm going to give you a link where you can get the PDF of that book. All right, simplelandclass.com. And by the way, too, we are going live right now. As I'm recording this, we're going live in Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. So I want to say hello to you guys. And if you're watching this, like Ed and Laurel are from Reno, Nevada, what's going on? Hi, guys. Please type in the chat, type in the comments, say hello, tell us who you are, where you're from. And if you've got questions, because I know you guys are going to have questions as we're doing this right now with for Joe, um, I want you to please type the questions in the Facebook or YouTube chat, wherever you are, and you will get, we'll get your questions answered. Is that cool? All right, let's bring Joe on. Hey, Joe, how are you, my man? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Glad you're here. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being willing to come and share with our audience. We're doing this podcast all over the world, right? No, I'm just kidding. But it is actually literally all over the world. Anybody could watch this on YouTube and Facebook. But we also put it out on our podcast audience, uh, which is huge. And I sure appreciate all of the uh, people that are listening to this podcast as well. But good. I'm glad you're here, man. So tell us a little bit, Joe, 
about your story. How did you get started in business? How long ago? Oh, well, it was it was a little while ago, about 2000, right, right around when they, they call it now the Great Recession occurred. So um, typical story, like I was working for someone else, had a full-time job, and I didn't love it. I didn't feel free to kind of do what I wanted to do. You know, uh, I was very inside the box, like breaks and stuff like that had to be a certain amount of time. <clears throat> and I wanted freedom and I wanted more. And so I just kind of kept my ear to the ground. And a friend of mine, ironically, his name is Joe. So yeah. I guess us Joes were it's a good name. Good yeah. name. <laughs> um, my my buddy Joe from Pennsylvania. He he um he told me about some like real estate club meeting or something that he had, he had gone to and some guys that he had met. And I was like, hey man, it sounds a little too good to be true. You know, these guys making quick quick flips and stuff like that. But but you know, you got to put yourself out there sometimes. So I joined my local real estate club meeting. And that was May 2007. And then I had within like, like within like seven months, I was able to quit my job and go full time as a real estate investor. Wow. But obviously, there's a lot, there's a lot that happened right, right around that time I did my first deal, which, which I put under contract in December 2007. I closed in January 2008. I was only making 35 grand a year plus commission at the time. So it wasn't too hard to leave. Yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I put in my two weeks and I was like, Hey, you know, this is it. What kind of deals were you doing? So the first deal I did was, uh, I bought this book called the pre foreclosure property investors kit. I had that book. Yeah. Was it uh, Jerry Conti or Peter Conti and Jerry, um, Finkel, David Finkel who wrote that? No, this is, um, Tom, I think Thomas Lucier. Ah, yes. I have another one of his books. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Good book. book. Yeah. And so so I was reading it and it was like, okay, send letters to people that are in pre-foreclosure status, you know. And so I went on the sheriff's sale list in my county, Somerset County, New Jersey. And there's a lot of people there. And I didn't necessarily have a lot of money to spend on direct mail marketing and stamps and letters and all that stuff. It is quite expensive to do direct mail. Um, I don't know if people still do it anymore, but that's oh, how I, I love it. We do okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge for vacant land. At least it's the it's fastest, good. easiest way to get leads. Oh, nice. So I used a business credit card I got from Chase. My first business credit card was for twenty five grand, and um, at the time, the highest credit card limit I had was probably nine grand. And I thought that was pretty impressive. But that's how I figured business credit, like this thing called business credit. And then when I used that business credit card, it didn't affect my personal credit. And I liked that a lot. So I did two things. I I ramped up my marketing very heavily so I can get a lot of deals under contract. And I also got as many business credit cards as I could possibly get. Okay. So it kind of just put me in like those that the two directions. Both businesses are pretty much launched at the been the same year. You know, uh, the real estate investment company wow. and then the, the company business credit workshop. Which unintentionally, you weren't you weren't planning on starting a business helping people get into business credit. Yeah, I was at I was at an event with that same guy with that guy Joe. <laughs> okay. So um, so so we're at this uh, this real estate investing event, and I was just telling him about the business credit stuff, and like I ended up buying all these courses on business credit, and some of them were good, and some of them were not good, and I ended up kind of creating my own process, my own way of, of doing it. And I, and I did clear a hundred grand in business credit for my real estate business pretty quickly. And so I was, little, I was just shooting, just telling him what's up. And the guy running the event was like walking by and he was like, he was like, Hey, you know, come here for a second. We're on a lunch break. And he goes, lunch is done in, in 
I think it was only like five minutes or something. He was like, at, at when lunch is over, I want you to actually go up and just everything you just shared with Joe, I want you to share with the audience. I was like, bro, I don't do public speaking like this. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do it. So he goes, well, just go think about it. I'll come back to you in a minute. <laughs> so I thought about it and I was like, all right, man, you got to, you know, you got to put yourself out there. So I was like, I'll do it. And he goes, okay, one more thing. And this, this is the magic of it. This is what made it a for-profit business. He goes, at the end, I want you to tell them if they want to learn more from you that you're doing a workshop next month and it's a thousand dollars and you're going to ask everyone that wants to join the, you know, stand up, go to the back of the room, give the credit card. And I was like, all right, man, I'll do it. I was I was good in sales, so I knew how to sell, but I had no public speaking experience. And he he jinxed me and blessed me at the same time. I didn't believe him at the time, but he goes, I closed, it was like 27% of, of a live audience. That's pretty good. And it was my first time speaking. I didn't know what I was doing. And he goes, you'll never beat that closing ratio ever again. And for those of us in public speaking, at a live event, that's really good. I mean, I've seen people beat that now, of course. But um, anyway, so I kind of got hooked on this education aspect of, of teaching, I ended up creating, and I only had a few minutes to create the company. That's why it's just a real basic name, business credit workshop. So I created the company and then we put people together in rooms, mostly all real estate investors and then banks. I called a lot of banks and I, and I found a few that would actually meet with us, vice presidents of business lending. And we, when we put them together in these little hotel rooms in, in Somerset, New Jersey, and we, we did an eight hour workshop where I would teach. But then I would have people come up and like Joe, the guy, my friend Joe, he, he his last is Joe Tonzola, by the way, he does personal credit repair. He, he would teach credit repair. And then I would teach business credit. And the banks would, would just talk about like the programs that they had. Because the issue I saw in the community is that not a lot of people know like what, what business credit is or that banks have like these no doc programs where you can get a lot of funding without showing tax returns or financials, which for me was great. I was a startup. I didn't have revenue to show. So from there, yeah, it just, just well, this is what really interested me. But when I first heard you talking about this, I thought this is something my audience needs to hear because there are banks out there, especially the local regional banks, that are still giving today no doc or low doc business lines of credit to investors, right? And you gave a real simple trick on how to find them. We'll talk about that in a minute here. And but there's also um, several six or seven <clears throat> right now, at least uh, six or seven different credit card companies that are practically begging businesses to apply for business credit cards, and they'll give you. And if you don't have the perfect credit score right now, you can still get at least a little bit, and then build your credit score over time. So I really like what Joe had to say. And um, so that's why I wanted him on. But let's first talk about, let's rewind a little bit, Joe. And, and what would a real estate investor do with a business credit card or business lines of credit? What are some good and good ways to use that? I think the best thing is is to put it, if you look at, I was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad at the time, Robert Kiyosaki. And so I really fell, I don't want to say in love, but I really fell in like with the idea of good debt you know, versus bad debt. And so good yeah. debt would be anything where you can buy an asset and with debt and the income produced from that asset is is giving enough money where you're not only paying down the debt, but also putting money in your pocket. And so for me, I like putting business credit into marketing because usually every dollar I spend on advertising, I can earn two to three dollars. So it's making my, that debt is making me money or assets. So for example, I, I do a lot of buy and hold property. And who I don't care if, if I have a $200,000 mortgage on a 
property that's worth $400,000 that makes $4,000 per month. You know, it's enough to cover the, the small cost of debt and then some. So yeah. those would be two great, great areas as real estate investors uh, to look at putting business credit to play in, marketing, sales, advertising, testing different things. Because right now you might learn about direct mail networks. You might learn about Facebook ads that's working. I do a lot of YouTube ads. Friends of mine are running local Google ads in their area to get houses. So there's like all these different methods of advertising you might want to test. And if you're using cash only, which is fine if you want to do it that way, but then you're limited to maybe like whatever's in your account. So you might only be able to do one campaign and it could take you it could take you a very long time to find a campaign that works. If you're using debt, you could try five campaigns at once, find the one like I did, the one that worked really well, and then double to quadruple triple down on that. I ended up getting 20 houses under contract within 60 days of doing my first real estate deal. It was one because my belief system changed. I suddenly believed this is possible, so now I acted as if this was going to really happen, which is really the, the whole magic of of Anything I could possibly teach to anyone listening would be that right there. But two, it's now I had business credit to do things like radio advertising and direct mail marketing to get deals because I knew I could turn the deal over in a very quick period of time. It was, yeah. and it was, it was pretty much just like we talked, like you learned if you were to pick up the book, which some of it might still be relevant today, but it was all about the whole proof foreclosure investing model. And the first yeah. deal that I did, they, they, they were hugging me at the closing table and. The wife was crying and they wrote me a testimonial letter. And I was like, no, this is cool. Because you get a lot of hate from people. Like I've had stuffy old men in suits tell me something about like rats picking up the scraps or something really stupid like that. Right. You know, like, like they, oh, that's your foreclosure investor. Like, like, bro, what are you talking about? You take something that was once beautiful, they got jacked up and you make it beautiful again. That's, that's America's favorite story, first of all. So, yeah. um, Well, I wanted to bring this up because there's a lot of good things you can do with using credit the right way because you could screw this all up if you use it to pay off for personal things or don't use it for business for investing for creating helping you create assets that produce cash flow that's when you can use good debt right but what i have found there's a lot of opportunities specifically in land investing where we're buying these little lots for three four five thousand dollars and selling them for fifteen to twenty thousand dollars and when you do that you can pay that land off in six to twelve months right now you have an asset that's producing you two to four, five hundred dollars a month in cash flow, right? And you keep on turning that money over again. You can buy more and more land to sell with owner financing. Or sometimes you just want to wholesale the land so you can buy it, close on it. It's in your name. Now you own that piece of land, that three acres that you bought for five thousand dollars, and you turn around and you sell it for thirteen to fifteen thousand dollars, and you don't have to worry about double closing and all of that. The other really good thing about this that I want to make sure you guys understand, there are a lot of people out there. Maybe you're doing houses. Maybe you're doing land. There's a lot of people out there that need help with... And now I'm not going to give you legal advice here. There's there's other guys like Pace Morby that teach this called... Um, I, don't, I don't remember what he calls it, but there's other ways that you can do this where you can lend money to somebody else for a certain percentage of the profits for their deals. For example, let's say there's a wholesaler out there who is um, is buying a house, but they have to double close it to resell it, right? right? Or maybe they need to put down a $3,000 earnest money deposit to tie up this property and so that they can double close on it or do whatever they have later on. You might have that $3,000 in business line of credit or credit card that you could lend to that guy 
And with the right paperwork, maybe through a joint venture agreement or something like that, you could have an agreement that they'll pay you back out of the profits, double what you gave them. Right. Right. So you could give them three grand. They have to give you six grand back when the deal, but that's okay. They'll pay that if they're going to be making 10, 15, 20 grand. And that is still less than what you would, they would probably have gotten if they used a hard money lender or whatever. Right. And they, it, it helped them close the deal. So there's a lot of things you could do like that. I love it for land because we're buying these small rural vacant lots for just a few thousand dollars. Sometimes it's easier. We have three months to close, but sometimes they're such good deals. It's easier to close them right away. And you can use right. these kinds of credit cards, right? To do that. Yeah, it's it gives you the confidence to where if you find a really good asset, you can you can actually close on it if necessary, as compared to just putting it under contract and trying to find an buyer and and wholesale the, the contract, which yeah. is a great way to do it, of course. But there when I go to the table knowing I also have the option yeah. of saying I got the cash. If, if oh, that, it's it's, it's yeah. a mindset thing, isn't it? Because now you have the confidence when you're talking right. to a seller or a realtor or a lender or some, whoever, right? You know you can close that deal and you're not in the back of your mind hoping that you can hopefully maybe find a cash buyer or somebody to sell this deal to. Yeah. When you know you've got you know $50,000 burning a hole in your pocket, right? You can make an offer. You could actually close on this deal. It changes the game, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. It's And I remember when I was doing like my first... Th- wholesale deals, you know, I would just tell them straight up, like, you know, I'm, I'm putting this on the contract. My intention is to promptly resell it for profit, find a buyer. And what was amazing too, is with the people you're talking, if you're talking to your right audience, then they're good with it because they're like, well, I'm losing the house on Monday and today's Friday and <laughs> you're the only guy here. So, yeah. you know, you seem trustworthy. Let's give it a shot. I mean, yeah. So, but now, yeah, years later, then, then the the mindset, the confidence, kind of changes to where, like, hey, listen, I have the option here to buy it and fix it up and sell it, and make lots of money, but um, I might also just just sell the contract, you know, okay. and flip it. Gives you options. I like what you said about lending money because my biggest lender, private money lender, I only have two people that I work with, uh, has a large business line of credit, and he gets yeah. equity on the deals that we do. Um, and, he, and what's cool about the way we structure it, because I'm, I'm more of a big picture guy. So so I'll give up half the deal or whatever the percentage is that makes sense for us if I have a long-term relationship with someone. So when you mention like doing that one deal, you put out three, you get back six, they made 15. That, you know, you now have potentially, if it went well, you're done dating, you can move to the next stage, right? Which is you can do deals with them every single month. And even though there are many times when I don't need to use private money, I would still work with my partner because there's there's more value to uh, to having partnership and having assistance of what two people bring to the table as far as having more free time than just me doing it all and trying to get 100% of the deal. Yeah, you know? good. All right, so let's talk about... I want to talk about two things. Um, how to get business lines of credit or you know small business loans from a bank. And let's also talk about business credit cards. And you had a you have a real nice little trick about just searching Google for top SBA. Go ahead and talk about that, would you? Yeah. So there's um, when I went on this journey of finding the one bank that you know, which was Chase, a well-known bank that got me the 25k. I started to think, well, how many other banks are are out there? And the business credit courses I was a part of only introduced me to four or five banks. So like 
First National Bank of Omaha, Chase, Amex, like all the banks, like the big national banks everyone knows about, Citibank, all that. So, so I thought I was done. Like, okay, I got all the credit I could get. But then a back quick backstory is right around this time during my journey of trying to get funding, my father got a, a loan from a local community bank in Ocean City, New Jersey, for a deal he was doing in Ocean City. And it was a one bank, one branch bank. And he said he met with the lending committee and they actually, like, he basically met with them in person, old school, and they decided, yeah, we'll go with this, this deal. And I was thinking, how did, how, how is that possible? Like, I don't, my dad is self-employed. He doesn't have like two years W-2s. We don't have lots of assets and stuff like that. And he was like, well, they believed in the deal. They went with it. So I, so when I talked to the, that bank and I talked with other banks, I learned there are th- things like lending committees and, and individual banks that will actually look at your opportunity and whether or not they want to fund it. So I learned that phrase, th- those types of banks are called portfolio lenders. I, I later learned that's like the phrase for it. And then I call them local banks or local community banks and credit unions. And so we went through every database that we could find. The easiest for anyone listening to this to duplicate is the, the top SBA lender trick. So what you do is you the SBA, uh, we're not looking for an SBA loan, but the SBA, the Small Business Administration, has already ranked all the top lending banks in your state. So who's lent the most money to business owners in your state? So you find that list. You just Google top SBA lender in whatever state you're in. And How about this? Yeah. Here we go. Look at my screen here. Some of you guys on the podcast right now, you can't see this, but I just went to the Google and I did a search for top SBA loans, Missouri or Iowa. And this website come up. Now, I don't know what sbalenders.com is, but guess what they have here? They have a chart of the top 10 loan, small regional banks that are an active SBA lender. And they sort this by the number of loans yep. that they've done for, for small business loans. It's right here on Google. And then I just also did a search for New Jersey. And here's some local regional banks. Some of them are bigger banks, but a lot of activity. Okay, so now what do you do with this list, Joe? One other thing too is sbalenders.com. That's a good site. There's all, The sba.gov is a good site too. And they have local districts in every state and in and, and many counties as well. So you, so I also Googled top SBA lenders, Iowa, just for fun. And the, and the SBA website came up and there's local offices in like Cedar Rapids, in Des Moines. So you can actually call them or email the, the SBA. I think it's like halfway down where it says sba.gov. Right here? Iowa District, yeah. Iowa you can District. email them and call them if you scroll down a little bit. And actually ask them, hey, I'm I'm trying to find an up to date um, database here. Uh, you know, can you can you share that with me? So by doing that, we'll find not just ten or twenty banks. We'll find hundreds of banks, and in total, uh, we found four thousand two hundred banks all across the U.S. Local wow. community banks, credit unions, and you know, the majority of the banks on the list, no one's ever heard of. Like, and that's what you want. You want these yep. little local banks with one branch. Where they have a lending committee, and they and what's cool about these banks is they lend their own money. They're portfolio lenders, and what that means is that they make their own decisions. They have in-house underwriting. I had a client today text me. He had fifteen business. Uh, I'm sorry, fifteen personal credit cards from Synchrony Bank. Synchrony is a we'll call it an underwriter or a third-party uh, bank that does underwriting and and servicing for different banks. 
Okay, if you and that's for example, Elon Financial is another third party underwriter or service or whatever, however they want to be qualified as. But the point is that if you go to a local bank that that lends their own money and you get their business credit card, it's not tossed to some third party. So my client texted me only a few minutes before we we jumped on. He goes, I just lost 15 cards from that one underwriter. I don't know why or how or what, but but we'll figure it out. But to my point, when you work with um the local community banks, credit unions, portfolio lenders that offer their own product, and it's not offered through a third party like Synchrony or Alon Financial, yeah. you can get as many business credit cards as you want. And a lot of these local banks and portfolio lenders in these community banks, they do, 75% of them use a third party, but 25% of them do it, keep it in-house. That's what I like to get. So all the business credit cards I have, I wouldn't get 15 cards from third-party underwriters. I would get 20, 30, 40, 50 cards, which I've done, through the local community banks, credit unions that offer their own in-house business credit card. That it's All right, good. So you, you find the top banks that lend, the top regional banks in your state that do a lot of SBA loans. Yeah. Right. And then you call them and what do you say? You just say, hi, I w- would like to know if you offer a business credit card. And they say, yes. And you go, great. How do I apply? And they tell you, now here's the, here's the part that most people give up on. And usually the thing on the other side of the resistance is the reward. So if you quit right here, you don't deserve the reward on the other side of it. So if they say, come into the branch and grab an application. And then most people say, I'm too lazy. I'm going to go to bankofamerica.com and apply. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, getting bank- credit from other banks and third parties, national banks, all that. By the way, I still do it. But the magic here is if you are willing to call or visit and network with local community banks and credit unions, then you're going to find programs that no one else knows about. So they say, come in the branch and you could apply for a a business credit card. And then what you ask and whatever, some of them still do online. Sometimes they'll email it to you, fax it, whatever. You find out what the process is to apply. And then and then what you do is you would say, well, a quick question, is this your own business credit card or is it offered through a third party? And you wait for an answer. And some of them have to go find out the answer. And some of them know the answer. Like PNC Bank, it's their own business credit card. Like I know that. Some other local banks here in New Jersey, they use Alon Financial, which is a third party. So I'm looking for the banks that are offering their own business credit card in-house. And if, and if I found that, it's definitely worth driving. I've driven up to two hours it could be uh, even longer than that, depending on what how big your state is, um, to meet with the bank and then look at the application and build a long-term relationship with that bank. Because if they're a portfolio lender, if they're lending their own money, then um, you have an advocate at the bank who's going to try to advocate for your approval. So like, if you if you apply for some of these national banks and, you get, and people say, oh, I got denied. It's okay, we'll try for a reconsideration request or call them up, see what you can fix. You know, they'll take a personal happens. But if you have that guy, you know, at the bank, Bob, who's a vice president of business lending, he's worked there for 20 years, you're friends with him on LinkedIn, you've already grabbed coffee with him, or you met him at a local networking event, which is another great way to meet banks, then you get denied. Bob will say, you know what, man, let me go to bat for you. And you go, hey, good news. I couldn't get you the 25, I got you the 12. So that's what you're looking for, is these local banks that offer their own um, business credit cards that are portfolio lenders. And then about, I'm a numbers guy, so like I said, about 25% of these banks, that's what you're going to find. But if you make 100 phone calls, then about 5 to 10% of them 
so a little bit less, do business lines of credit that has no doc. No doc means you don't have to show financials, tax returns, balance sheets, or anything. And even though I'm sure you and I, Joe, we could we could we could show docs. It's a pain in the butt. It's a hassle, and I hate doing it. Yeah, it's like it takes three months. They never get back to you because they're too heavy. They're looking at everything. It's just annoying. It's too much to look at. So I'll do. I'll say, hey, how much can I? Oh, ten percent of your revenue will approve you for. I go, okay, great. So if I made a million dollars in sales last year, I can get a hundred grand business line of credit. But then I'll ask the bank, is there a certain number where if I apply at that number or less that I can do it as a no doc? Like I don't have to show tax returns? They go, oh yeah, up to 50 grand is, is no doc. It's a two-page application. We make the decision in 24 hours. I'm like, I'll take that one. And then you can move on. And usually it's unsecured, yep. which is good because if you're going to work with more than one bank and get lots of business lines of credit, then that would be the product you, you would prefer is, is to not get tied up. So when, you, when it's unsecured, there's really no limit to how much funding you can get because the next bank actually, if they're no doc, they don't ask you about the debt that you have. If you were to get asked about, hey, what's your balance sheet look like? You have to tell the, the truth, obviously. Sure. Of course. But if they're purposely not asking, they're purposely not asking. They want to lend you money. A lot of these banks want to lend you money. They can only stay in business if they lend money out to business owners. They're out of business if they have all these deposits from their customers. They can't put it out there to you, the market. Yeah. So um, very good little trick there, I guess you could call it, where you're just going and you're looking for banks that are already lending to small businesses in your community Yeah. and uh, calling them and asking them about business credit cards. And then also asking, as long as it's, not a third party, right? But then also asking them about, do you have no doc or low doc business lines of credit? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, so now explain to me, they are going to pull your personal credit score, right? To see if you're credit worthy. How much of an impact does that make though on how much you get approved for? It makes a big impact. So there's a little misconception because of other business credit companies out there that are saying things like you get a hundred grand with no PG, no personal guarantee. And the last bank that did that was called Swift Financial in 2006, and they went out of business. So what's happened over the last 16 years? There are some banks that'll do cool things like um, soft pulls on your personal credit score, so it doesn't hurt your personal credit score. There are some banks that do deposit-based lending, you know, like um, like. Like PayPal, Loan Builder, or, or the Cabbage Program, which just came back through American Express and and Lending Club, and there are so there are programs where if you have strong deposits, which many of us real estate people probably do have strong deposits, then your personal credit isn't as relevant. So I think a more accurate, honest way to to explain this is as follows: If you're going to get what's called a no doc business line of credit or credit card, which means they're not taking tax returns, financials collateral or anything, then you do need to provide a guarantee, which means you can't just go get a hundred grand and not pay the bank back. They'd be out of business. So, but when you give a personal guarantee, it doesn't show on your personal uh, credit score other than the inquiry at the time of application. So as long as I'm paying my debt on time, my personal credit isn't jacked up. I could max out that business line of credit. It's not screwing up my um, personal credit score at all. So what the banks do, and this is a good thing for everyone to write down, is is they pull a blended score. Okay, It's a blended score between your personal and your business credit score. 
So what I try to share with people is let's do everything we can for a few weeks leading up to the application to boost up your business credit score as high as you can. So boost up your personal credit score, either, either you or the, the credit partner. But the personal business credit score are very highly relevant. The blended score is called SBSS score. That stands for a small business scoring service. And you can get it from a company called NAV. And NAV is NAV, by the way. So if you're listening to this on audio, it's N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, V as in Victor. So NAV.com. So it's it's a website that tracks and monitors your business and personal credit scores. It also boosts up your business credit scores too if you use their paid program. And um, so if you want, I could go into detail like what what yeah. it needs to look like. But at least now you know, yes, it's relevant. Yes, they pull it. And personal and business uh, credit scores are both pulled at the time of application. Yeah, yeah. So as far as like like what's important, so the business credit side, that's that's actually quite simple. You just need to have positive reporting trade lines on your business credit profile. It's probably maybe it's simple to me, you know, not to everybody else, right? Um, but what that means is that there's there's three business credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and Dunham Bradstreet. And these are the business credit bureaus. They track, they monitor your business credit score. When you get the NAV account, they'll actually tell you what your business credit score is on Dunham Bradstreet, Experian, and Equifax for your business, which is great. And then um, they, they can also share with you what your personal credit score is in case you don't know what it is. And then they'll tell you what the blended score is. So, so the magic question might be, if I, if I was listening, like, what do you do to boost up your blended score, your business and personal credit score? On the business side, you just get you get uh, accounts with vendors that report to the business credit bureau. So NAV is one of them. They can boost up your business credit score. Gas cards. So if you go to BP Gas, Valero, Exxon... Even companies like Staples or Home Depot, Office Depot, ask them if they have commercial accounts, if you can get a business account with them, and then if they'll report your payment history to the business credit bureaus. And what they'll do is by giving you this small little account, like um, BP Gas, usually you do a $500 deposit, that'll get you a gas card in your business name, and they usually give you up to a $1,500 limit. And... For some people, you won't even have to give the deposit. It just depends on you know you, the uh, history of your business, right? But so that's one example. So you use the gas card every week, and it reports and boosts up your business credit score. And on the personal credit side, it's a little bit more complicated. There is actually no minimum score. That's the first question. Well, just tell me the score I need. If it was that blind and simple, there we wouldn't need any. There wouldn't be a complex underwriting process, right? So there's a lot of things banks look at beyond your personal credit score. Um, the biggest thing, though, is utilization. I mean, utilization is just like, are all your personal credit cards maxed out or are they not? When I first was getting business credit, they were all maxed out. I was using personal credit cards to pay for the workshop I told you that I attended where they put me on stage to, to pay for the real estate investment club <laughs> to do my first direct mail marketing rate. I was, and I was, and that's the problem with personal credit cards is it jacks up your personal credit, unlike business credit cards. So um, I had a utilization problem. And the way to fix the utilization problem, the easiest thing would just be paying down debt. What if you don't have any money? <laughs> sure. so, I don't have any money. Um, so what you can do is you can do credit limit increases, which which sometimes will work where if you get more credit available on the personal revolving debt side, that'll open up your personal credit utilization. You could also um, do balance transfers. 
if you happen to already have a business credit card, you could you could transfer your personal debt to your business. That'll open up your, your utilization. But I always say as a caveat, just tell your CPA that you're doing that because there's that's a there's a taxable consequence of doing that um, because you're basically it's basically income as I understand it. Um, so that's one other option is transferring your debt from you personally to your business. And or the the last option, which is my favorite option, is the authorized user technique. Which I which I love, and what I did there um, as a quick story, my wife here was looking to get a, um, a business line of credit from KeyBank. KeyBank's great bank, um, and what we needed to do was open up her utilization first. So I have this American Express card with a zero dollar balance and a twenty thousand dollar limit. It's a personal credit card. I just went online and I just added her as an authorized user, and she and she hasn't even used the card. But within a few weeks. Her credit report now shows a new card with a $20,000 limit and a $0 balance. So that opened up her personal credit utilization dramatically. It did result in her getting approved, by the way. If you happen to be uh, on the East Coast, you could, and I think perhaps someone in the Central, you look at and see if key banks available in your area. They do a no-doc business line of credit up to 50 k And that's exactly what she got. She got approved for that. So yeah, boosting up your business credit score and at the same time doing little techniques just to get like quick boost to your personal credit score so that you can get approved for the business line of credit. And then now she could use that money for her real estate business. She happens to be a, uh, a realtor. Okay. Now, a bank like KeyBank, does it have to be, you have to be local in that area? Yeah. So when you do this process, you, you need to work with local banks that are in your local area. You can go outside of your local area, but then they would need to be lending in the state you do business in, which is a very low probability. If you're a little nutty like I am, I called every single bank, 4,200 banks. So I know what banks in California lend to businesses in New Jersey, but it cost me $50,000 and it took me an entire year to do that, right? So a more simple, easable, you know, easily implementable step that you could take right now is just what we talked about. Google the banks near you and find the local banks in your area and then just call them because you already happen to be in that physical location. But if you want to go a little crazy, a little advanced, then yeah, call banks in surrounding states or where you live and start asking them if they lend to your state. If you're in Florida, you can call banks in Texas and say, do you lend to, to banks in Florida? And it, it happens all the time. Like Valley National Banks in New Jersey, they just did a buyout or they just got bought out. I don't remember which one it is, but the buyout contained all these branches in Florida. So now you have a New Jersey location that also plays well with Florida. So if, so it is, if you want to go like beyond a half a million in funding and start getting like seven figures in funding or more, then you're going to want to unlock that new skill set, which is to start calling banks in other states surrounding you and just see if they lend to you, to the state that you're physically in. Okay. By the way, I should mention this right now. You have a challenge, like a uh, it's a class that you do every two weeks that what 150 bucks or something like that right it's That's very important exactly right. yep. and uh if you go to joe slash funding you can see when the next one that joe is doing when that starts again go to joe slash funding and and talk about it's a how many this is a class not just like a, a one hour class it's it's a talk about what's in this it's a, it's a is it a two or three day thing yeah, it's a five-day challenge. Okay. Every day in the morning, you get a lesson. It's about an hour long. That's unlocked, video on demand, unlocked around 6 a.m. that morning. And then you have 24 hours to complete the challenge. 
And um, so that's five days in a row. So that's five lessons and that's five challenges, right? So you you block off an hour a day and, and you can watch it whenever you want. You can be in bed at 2 a.m. if you want and do it. It doesn't, you know, it's all good. And what makes this different than just a course is that you have tasks that I know you can complete within the 24 hours that if you do are going to have a dramatic impact um, on you getting funding very quickly. And it also includes chat support. So while you're in the challenge live, I'm there with you live as well. And so are all the other students. There's hundreds and hundreds of people in the chat room. So we'll help you out if you get stuck on something. And then, uh, oh, and then there's a leaderboard. And this is what makes it different than just a course is that if you complete the tasks, like that you do the challenge that you had a day to complete, you get points. And the cool thing about this, guys, is that this is the way we're wired as humans. Like it, it'll make you do things you maybe were too chicken to do. But it's going to have a great impact on your life and it's going to force you just slightly out of your comfort zone. Nothing major, but it's going to give you that little kick to do something that's really going to help you out tremendously. And, and you get, um, there's a leaderboard that tracks like who's out there doing these tasks. And you can earn um, free courses that I have. You can earn free coaching, t shirts, coffee mugs. It's really a lot of fun and it's, it's the best program I have. And uh, you got you to check it out. I'm curious how I, I like that idea of having a leaderboard and the track that activity because it kind of gets the competitive juices flowing in some people. What um, what platform do you use to track that? It's Google Sheets. Ah, nice. Okay. So so it's in, and we looked at a lot of different options, but um, but it's it's as simple as you can open on your phone or computer. You type in your name, Joe McCall. Did I did I watch today's one hour lesson? Yes, I did. Okay, that's worth three points. Okay, I put a number three. Boom, and we can all see it. And so you know, the next day we'll be like, hey, shout out to Joe. You know, he's on the top of the leaderboard. You know, you can do it. You're doing great. Who else is going to join him? Oh, I'm I'm going to take you out tonight. You know, let's go. And 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 it just keeps it on the front of your mind because you could just yeah. drop a buck fifty on this course and know it's amazing, but it just sits on the shelf. Because you have other stuff, it gets in the way. But a challenge makes you do stuff. It's why I created it. The most impactful courses I ever took were not the most expensive courses I ever took, by the way. They were challenges because they made me do something. And and then on my little caveat, I like, threw in like chat support. You, you know, you get basic basically free coaching for me the week that you're taking the challenge so that yeah. you can get results. And people, I don't say that this is a result you're going to have, but people have m- many a times, even watching this podcast i'll give you some banks but just like i do in the challenge people have gotten approved for funding during that that um that five days uh, as well yeah i'm looking here at this page how to finally get approved for funding without getting denied due to bad credit or low revenue get funded challenge you'll find how to get all the business credit card you could ever need even if you have failed before three ways to boost your personal and business credit score with less hassle what to do when banks deny you and won't say why and, and I love this too, because we've talked about this before. You don't just say, okay, I'm sorry. You you come back to them and you ask them other questions. Yeah, there's and, uh, and there's a really active community. And once people get into your program, which is one of the things I love, there's a lot of, at different times, uh, there's a lot of these business credit card companies that pop up that are like, for whatever reason, they're almost begging people to apply, right? Because they want to give business credit cards out. That's how banks make money is they lend it out, right? Yeah, And so you guys in your community keep an active, what do you call it? An active uh, database database of who these kind of co- companies are, right? Yeah. And a lot of times I learn 
about bank, you think 4,200 banks is a lot. But as we're talking, new banks are going out of business and new banks are being created. So a lot of times I learn from my students using the process that I share with them, new banks I had never heard of. Yeah. And I'll just go online and apply. <laughs> and I'll usually get approved because part of the challenge is like getting you ready. Even if you don't need the funding right now, just go get ready so that if you need to pull the trigger on something, you can, you can pretty quickly get approved. I'd even go as far as saying, consider getting the money ahead of needing it. Because like you said at the beginning of this, if you need money badly, it's hard to get. But when you don't need it so bad, it's very easy. Can you talk a little bit about, just give us two or three different companies oh, as yeah. an example of, that are lending right now. Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that. I actually have a few here. So the first one I'll tell you about is one of my favorite cards. It's called Capital on Tap, which is not Capital on One, but it's Capital on Tap. And they are, uh, they're basically a fintech company, like a financial technology company. And, um, they, they use web bank, by the way, that's their underwriter. Those are things we like to look at, like what bureau they pull, what, what underwriter and all that. But anyway, so you can, go, you can just go to capitalontap.com and on a soft pull, you can apply. And I've, I've done many, many a podcast before where, where people that are watching live just get approved like 25, 35 grand while we're talking. So we, they are, they happen to be in a good lending mood and that's that's a big part of it and then you have this um there's a marcus by goldman sachs uh business credit card it has the gm logo on it some of these are kind of funky you might say oh, i don't drive gm i drive ford or what it doesn't matter like you can go get um we had two approvals with them recently 18 and twenty thousand dollars, and it's a business credit card and it's it's one that you may not have heard of. I could easily tell you just go to citibank.com and apply, but you knew about them before today's podcast. So I wanted to tell you about some fun ones. Another one is the PayPal Business MasterCard. Okay. Whenever time you log into PayPal, it keeps dropping in your oh, face. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. because they really do need to get that card out there. So they're kind of pushing for, um, for approvals. PNC, I mentioned them earlier. They're really good. I really like them. They're a portfolio lender. Um, they're a regional lender, so they, they're in other states other than yeah. um, just New Jersey. They're in the Midwest as well. And then um, Citizens Bank. I think uh, Citizensbank.com, Citizens with a Z. They're in a lot of different states, guys. They're doing 0% APR right now, um, and it's 0% for a year. And they also do no-doc business lines of credit. So so there's a double right there, Re, you know, one of my students, Greg, for example, he got 50K business line of credit from them, no doc. And then the vice president of business lending uh, that we work with at the bank, he said, do you want to try for the business credit card? We're doing up to 50K right now. He said, okay, sure. Yeah, another 50K. So that's $100,000 you got from one bank without having to show financials, without tax returns. And, and he's invested into uh, buy and hold real estate with, with that money, yeah. which is always cool. All right. So explain to somebody who doesn't know, or let's say you get a $10,000 business credit card. And you need to buy this this vacant lot for three thousand bucks, or you need to put down three thousand dollar earnest money deposit, or you know five hundred dollar earnest money deposit, and you want to use this card. How do you use a credit card or business credit card to buy real estate when you have to send the money to a title company or whatever? No, yeah, no problem. So, so it's easier, of course, if you get the line of credit, like we talked about with Citizens Bank, because you could literally just pull a cash out in person. You could write a check to yourself. You can do a balance. You can do an online transfer. No problem. But what do you do if you just have a business credit card, which is an easier product to get if you just started, like if you just started your business a week or two ago? There are websites that you can use that will charge your card, and then they'll mail a check to 
the the vendor in this case if you're using a title company to do your closing then it would be to the title company as long as it's a legitimate company where the check is going to so it's if it's a registered title insurance company then you're fine and there's there's title companies by the way that do all 50 states i just wanted to mention that because yeah. if you're thinking outside the box that might help some of you but you could send the check straight to the title company now they have the money and now they you could use it for your closing what does that cost you if you did a cash advance on the business credit card it would be more expensive but in this case there's websites you could use where it's not a cash advance it's only instead of like 25% cash advance fee it's only like a 3% transaction fee so um, as of like the time of recording this it's the website that um, students of mine have used is one of them, and the, the big one is plastic. Yeah. That's the biggest one because they'll charge, they could charge a whole card, uh, you know, to the max limit in Valacheck. But it's plastic with a Q, which is kind of funky, but it's P L A S T I Q. And there's competitors to plastic that you could also use, like um, Milio. I haven't used Milio personally, but I know people in our Facebook group have. Um, that's Milio um, Payments. Dot com m e l i o m as in mary e l i o payments.com yeah I mean the other one was plastic with a q now what did we do before this existed we would go to the banks and ask for checks um and and some some banks will allow you to uh, on a business credit card to have a check and you can write the check out to whoever you want. Some of them you would have to do cash advances, which again could be expensive. But if you're actually making hypothetically three grand acquisition cost and you're selling that land for 15K, then paying 25% on the three grand is is uh, $750 if if it if you had it out the entire year, right? So that's to me, if you guys analyze your deals properly and you have a CPA kind of double check things, then you're, you should be okay if you're making that great of a return. But now you're spoiled because here we are 15 years later and you got these sites like Plastic and Melio Payments that will um, just charge a card and, and then mail the check out, which is pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm looking at some of these right now. Super easy to apply. You guys could probably, as soon as we're done with this, go and do it. Any tips that you want to give for people that are applying for these kinds of business credit cards? There, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. Well, I, I would say a quick tip would be make sure your company is presented the way that you want the banker to see you. So when you're, if you're in real estate and you're applying for business credit, there's a percentage of banks that are um, like that real estate is not like uh, it's a restricted industry. Now, it's not as restricted as other industries like cannabis industry or stuff like that, okay? But, um, or crypto and all that stuff. But when you apply for um, business credit, there's different options that you could, uh, different ways that you could set up your entity. So the first company I set up was called JTI Real Estate. It was obviously a real estate investment company. But the next company that I created, because when I do deals, I'll create an LLC for that group, group of deals. So create your company uh, with a neutral name in a neutral line of business. And it opens up the door too, in case I tried to uh, in, decide to use that LLC for like coaching or for asset management or property manager, or construction manager or whatever. Whereas if I name the company like Joe McCall's real estate flipping business, I'm so restricted to that one line of business. So if, if you are creating an additional entity um, for a legitimate purpose, like, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing another venture, or a new exciting opportunity, 
or buying another property in your portfolio, try to create it with a neutral name in a neutral uh, line of business. And then when, and then whether you're up and running already or this is your first time creating a company, then the next step I want to share with you is get the company's presence out there on the internet. Your business does need to be Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. Yeah. So yeah. like you got it. We got to be able to find you online. Bankers will look at third-party databases. There's automation and AI tools, and then there's manual processes as well. So um, if you get your business phone number listed on four one one Yellow Pages, Yelp, Super Pages, you know Facebook, whatever, just make sure you have the name, address, and phone number of your business and basic information out there on the internet then you're in good shape. You don't need a big, pretty website to apply for business credit, but at least have... Um, you know, It doesn't hurt if you have a website, of course, but at least be findable online. And you can do that for free with Yellow Pages and Super Pages and all, all of those uh, databases. That's interesting. I, I need to see if I'm on yellowpages.com. I don't know if I am. <laughs> but okay, very good. And again, guys, if you want more information about this this challenge that Joe does. He does it every couple of weeks. So if you go there right now, it may not start for a few days, but go to joemccall.com slash funding, joemccall.com slash funding to go see when his next workshop is. It's a challenge. And the cool thing again about it is it breaks it up into five daily videos that they release and you just go do it. <laughs> you just go do the stuff. You report back. I did it. And you, you, you'd be at the top of the leaderboard and you're going to learn how to um, build your credit profile. You're going to walk away with a lot of other resources like the ones we've already talked about here. There's an online community. You can be in there to ask questions. You can get questions answered from Joe himself. Go check it out. It's what? $147, I think, right? Yeah. that's. And you're going to get way more than that in credit funding just by doing what he talks about and teaches you in that class. Cool. By the way, Marty, does this name ring a bell? Yeah, I just saw that. And what's up, Marty, man? He, he knows me back in the day when I was telling you the story about my first seminar in 2008. Wow. And him and I, we used to go to like Barnes and Nobles and like brainstorm on uh, on business ideas and stuff like that. So hello, man, Marty. I How spent, are you, buddy? I love that. I, I spent many hours at Barnes and Noble going through their real estate books because I couldn't yes. afford to buy them. But uh, he says, Joe, here is the goat. <laughs> Carlos has a question. Uh, T-Bank. I'm not sure what that means. We're, did we talk about a... It, it would most likely I, I dropped a bank name and I said it fast. I know we said Key Bank, K E Y. Okay. Maybe that's what. Oh, may, M and T. M and T. M and T. M and T is a great bank. Um, that we didn't, we didn't talk about that. I don't I think we did. But while we brought it, since it just came up, check them out. They're a local bank. They do in-house underwriting. Um, I have over a quarter million dollars in, in funding with them. No doc, you know, cool. and, and, and they're a great relationship um, community bank. If, so M&T Bank's a great bank to build a relationship with. Okay, cool. Thank you, Joe. Any final words? Yeah. I just want to say, you know, you, you listen to a lot of things and everything sounds exciting. If you could just take one little baby step, whatever it is, and please implement it because yeah. um, it, it does have the, a, a huge impact on your life if, if you just take that first step, whatever it is, whether it's getting a NAV account, whether it's jumping on the Get Funded Challenge, or whether it's just calling one bank in your area and asking if they have a business credit card, take action. It'll lead to the next step. And that's, that's how you find freedom in life, which you deserve. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate you on the show. And again, guys. Um, oh yeah, Carlos says here. Yes, later you said it again. Key, Key bank. bank. Nice. Yeah, all right, cool. Uh, go go check out Joe's page, JoeMcCall.com/funding. 
Um, thank you, Joe. We'll see you all later. Bye-bye, everybody.